0: TGIF, welcome back to a, another episode of in case you missed it, our weekly news roundup. Good to see you again, Joe. We were just in person together, but now we're uh, we're back virtual. It was indeed. So, today we're diving into preparing cities for the future, and when we started thinking about this topic, we were thinking about, you know, the role that city management really plays in helping you know cities navigate uncertainty as we saw during the pandemic city managers really had to step up and, and become proficient at a variety of different domains and as we look at you know technology and the future and the evolution of city management uh, there was one person that came to mind uh, that uh, could help us understand inside the mind of a city manager a strong technology city manager and so we've invited clay pearson today to join us the former city manager of Pearland, texas really one of the foremost uh, thought leaders as it relates to next generation governance practices, uh, technology and the role that technology plays in uh, city government and really just how to adapt and, uh, and innovate. And so uh, we'd like to welcome to the show Clay Pearson, a good friend and, uh, and your foremost expert on, uh, on all things cities of the future. So Clay, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're very kind, Dustin. Uh,
1: Tjf and for sure, it's a pleasure. I've been a big fan of yours uh, for years. Followed you,
0: and uh, it's an honor to be with you both. So, fantastic. Well, you know, first question, just to kind of help the audience get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your journey. I know every city manager's got a different journey, but would love to kind of break down uh, your journey into uh, into the world of city management. That's right. Yeah.
1: So uh, I, I've been very fortunate uh, in my career. I somehow, I racked up 30 years of uh, public service at the local government level, um, three different states, three organizations. So, uh, so while it's varied, it's been stable, frankly, and uh, able to to uh, spend a number of years at, at each of those places. So I've worked in Illinois when I got out of grad school at University of Kansas, and then uh, uh, worked in Michigan, and then finally here in Texas. So. It's been varied and learned from each of those. Uh, I, I, feel good about that all through my career. I've been real involved with, uh, lots of different groups, primarily, or foremost, I guess, uh, international city County management association, ICMA, uh, the state associations, uh, I was real involved with the Alliance for innovation on their board. Uh, they're now, uh, uh run by strategic government resources, SGR, uh, and, uh, their transforming local government conference. Uh, it's coming up is uh, always been or a key and I've been able to send a lot of people from our staff to that. They've learned and grown from that. So uh, I've gotten around and, and uh, but, but at the same time, I, I've not as much as others in, in my profession who've had to move a lot more than me.
2: So Clay, like Dustin said, we want to get in the mind of a city manager. and as a recent city manager, what were some of the most pressing challenges that you had to tackle after the pandemic? So, um, you know, I I think back
1: about, like, where we spent our time and where we were strategizing the most and what our pain points were. Um, And I got to say, a lot of it revolved around talent recruitment, training, uh, reskilling, retention, um, you know, just the people mix and uh, trying to get the right mix of people and the skills uh, onto the bus, as Jim Collins would tell us, and making sure they're in the right place. Uh, You know, if you talk to people I got to work with, they would tell you that, uh, you know, we did spend a lot of time and attention about um, that talent management piece of it. Uh, I wasn't afraid to uh, take people from the parts of the organization and put them into different uh, roles. Uh, our, our our admin assistant in our office, for instance, um, she's just a crackerjack quality professional. Um, we put her into a role where she was leading our high performance organization work and uh, uh, Attached to human resources, but still in our office, Um, you know, that, that kind of thing of moving people around who may not have the right title, uh, but putting them where they could plug in the best, uh, you know, I wasn't afraid to do that. Um, I also think uh, the management of the culture was a big piece of uh, responsibility of the CEO's job um, and sharing and communicating about what we're trying to build, uh, checking in and supporting our people always. Uh, Shielding them from, you know, some of the bad things that are out there as best we can, Um, you know, whether that be from the public or from electeds or whatever, uh, trying to explain and and, uh, be a buffer between that, Uh, you know, and and post pandemic, I think, you know, really people are raw and frayed, you know, thinking about this a little bit, I I think uh, you could use a metaphor and I don't know if it's a good one or not, but people got burned by that in a lot of different ways Um, and you know, the variety of forces and pressures and some people got first degree burns and some people got third degree burns, but, uh, there's scars, uh, out there. And, uh, I think we, as leaders have to be aware of that and, um, you know, try to navigate through and support people and be patient as much as possible. Anybody that's listening to this will know patience is not my virtue, but, um, I do try and, and understand and, you know, support the team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get things done, but we also got to make sure we know there's human beings and people that we work alongside that have a lot to deal with outside of their work world, and um, trying to support that as best we can in different ways. So if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's hard to be patient and innovative at the same time because you yeah. know that uh, there's so much more potential. So you know, you you were definitely a, a strong technology and innovation focused city manager would love to maybe hear some of the work, um, that you used, you know, new thinking, new processes, new technology. I mean, you know, our audience knows that government is evolving and a lot of new innovations coming in. We'd love to hear about, you know, some of maybe, uh, your most proud, uh, you know, pieces of work. Well, thanks Dustin. Um,
1: you know, I, I think first off my, my, my energy towards this comes from a place of always, uh, uh wanting to improve and change, um, and adapt, uh, you know, I've never, never been a status quo kind of person and, uh, you know, it's good and bad. I know that. Um, but you also have to realize that, you know, the, the world's changing. And so we've got to come along with that. And I, I recognize that and, and love that. Um, but I also have learned over the years that we've got to try to understand the past and what's what's people are attached to. Um, and, and change management is a whole discipline. I've, I've also learned that the hard way and you know, trying to implement that correctly with good communication and so forth. I mean, that, that, that's a broad picture. But you know, from my perspective, um, to answer your question, um, you know, I think that, that also we got to understand and believe that um, there's so many connections internally, and those can be um, like uh, uh, supporters of change and innovation. Meaning whenever we talk about public safety, it wasn't a police function, it wasn't a fire function, it's an organizational function. Um, and we all have something to do with that. And so um, hazard reduction, how does code enforcement impact our public safety goals? How does uh, our neighborhood relationships and partnerships connect with police? Um, and, and then you know, technology-wise, how does data and technology support all of those functions and all those things? So um, you know, I, I guess it comes from like thinking about the end in mind and, um, you know, uh, holistically. But then, you know, coming from the bottom up, it's technology and data that can help support those whole works. And, you know, the other thing I think about is economic development. I mean, that's a that's a team sport too. Um, it's not just the economic developers uh, that are trying to grow communities and value. Um, they, they're the formal ones, but you've got communications people that are responsible for the reputation of the organization, the community, um, building that and, and trying to You know, push that a certain direction. You've got planning people that are there for the quality and the diversity of our community portfolios. Um, You know, education partners, all of those matter for the team sport of economic development. And then, lastly, I guess say, um, I've learned the hard way, especially here uh, when I was with Pearland uh, Emergency Management. Um, You know, that's another team sport. You know, that that the whole organization mobilizes. And really gets focused when there's a hurricane Harvey or a pandemic. Um, uh, George Floyd was entombed uh, here in Pearland. and so that was another emergency situation. Just you know, managing the crowds and uh, all of that. Um, but all those things come together too for me, um, you know, with technology and data and information sharing and organizational culture coming together to deliver the product and and the results. So. Um, During the Harvey hurricane, you know, we struggled to try to get information from what was going on with stream levels and traffic and and roads and their conditions. Uh, So after that, we do an after action report. That's a, that's a fundamental piece of our operation after every incident. And we said, Hey, we've got to uh, bolster that, that remote sensing and, and data management. Um, And so we, you we we learned from that and and apparently now has a crackerjack system for all of that and uh uh and then we had the winter storm um, was a year ago Dustin uh yep. two years ago yeah so and uh, everything broke uh, all the generators you know that's an exaggeration you know struggled to to kick on and we really suffered and hurt and so you know lesson learned there again um you know we had to made some substantial investments and uh you know, again, all that got tied back to our GIS system and our uh, emergency management system so that we could tell the condition of those assets uh, remotely and, and whether their fuel levels and, you know, whether they're running, et cetera, et cetera, when they've been lint serviced and uh, vehicle management, all of that comes together and emergency management. And uh, if you want to advance the organization, just have a disaster and make sure you get through it and then you'll learn a lot and get better at it, so.
2: Well, I like the idea of like success being born out of that collaboration. If you looked at your relationship with the the IT organization, how did you interface with the IT department around technology decisions that needed to be made? So so
1: first off, I I think it's recognizing them as a valued, critical partner and and have a seat at the table. Um, You know, when I got to Pearland, IT was buried under finance, which is traditional old school sort of thing. Um, I was able to help recruit and get our, uh, uh, a fantastic CIO, CIO, our first one, Dan McGinnis, and made that a standalone, uh, brought GIS and centralized that under Dan and, and, uh, the Parallel IT. So giving them a, a place, um, and role and, and, and developing strategies and shaping that, listening to them, um, you know, uh, uh, no, they've got a lot to offer that the technology people and, uh resource them um i try to get them as much resources as possible and people training them and uh making sure that they were uh at the forefront of their skill levels and then i'd say to having a strategy and a plan um parallel had one before i got there we worked that. we got a lot accomplished and now uh they're going to be publishing a new one but you know because there's so many choices out there and you need to you know just uh uh, listening to the vendors, no offense, to show up and tell you what you should do probably isn't the best non-strategy out there, and and we really worked at that. Um, and then also, I'd say, with the IT department, understanding and and dealing with their frustrations uh, of tech rollouts and slow adoptions by users. Um, you know, major initiatives have to have a project management approach to it, and sponsors, and clear identification of goals and communications. Um, you know, and then I'll go back to that change management too. adapting to having a strategy for how you're going to communicate and do that. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, again, uh, I, I think being realistic, um, you know, every software vendor will tell you that they'll integrate with every other thing. And, uh, sometimes I think API means all promises issued, not what it's supposed to. And, uh, you know, th- these things don't work In the real world, as they're advertised, so you got to have some patience and some bandwidth to do that. I've been a part, you know, we've we've uh, taken hits for you know technology challenges and and rollouts. We're we're not perfect at it, but um, you know we just keep after it and uh, recognize that and you know learn from each of those, you know, successes as much as mistakes.
2: So, in addition to your experience here in the U.S., you've traveled the the world, kind of looking at various governance models. Uh, what have you learned and and what can you share with our audience in terms of what the international community is doing?
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. So uh, I I love to travel and I've learned from that and I love to host. And so I think it's a two way street, but, you know, there's physical things. Um, Way back when I started in Elgin, you know, I I took a trip and learned about roundabouts and traffic calming before that was really popular. And um, much the chagrin of the uh, Elgin Fire Department, uh, we installed the first roundabout in a neighborhood to try to calm down traffic. Uh, you know, Carmel, Indiana has gotten a lot of publicity for theirs, but, uh, there's one in, at, uh, Gifford and park, I think, uh, in, in Elgin that, uh, uh, still there and the neighbors love it and it works. Um, in Japan, I learned about emergency management and preparedness cause they, you know, they have their more than their fair share of natural disaster challenges. Um, you know, digital twinning is all the rage now and trying to create, uh, and the metaverse, I guess, right? The uh, Your city or your facility. Um, I think you can have physical relationship twinnings too. Um, when I was in Bangkok uh, studying over there, you know, there's so many similarities with Houston in terms of uh, uh, climate and, um, you know, challenges there. Uh, I, I think that we can learn a lot from that. Um, you know, and it's, like I said, it's a two-way street because whenever I've hosted you know, our team learns a lot and they get to share, you know, and show off and they, they enjoy that, uh, you know, what they're working on and their experiences. And I think that's a, a positive for our team internally. Um, we, we get to answer questions and, sh- and, uh, brag about that. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said, you know, I've been very fortunate to travel to Asia and Europe and, you know, the hospitality has been fantastic. Uh, maybe in the U S, uh, we, we are we're so big and diverse ourselves. It's not necessarily an imperative to get out and travel. I know, Dustin, you were over in China and saw their bullet trains and experienced that. And, you know, we've got a lot to learn and see. We don't have to copy and paste everything, but at least I think we owe it to ourselves to extend ourselves and, and see these things firsthand and, and see what we can bring back to our own communities. I think it's a, a positive thing.
0: Absolutely. We all have very similar challenges. And so rather than reinventing the wheel, let's uh, learn from each other. So, you know, looking to the, the future, I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, you know, what are some of the emerging challenges or issues that you think city leaders need to be thinking about or preparing for? I know, you know, health global pandemic has been top of mind, but, you know, kind of looking now ahead. What's uh, what's on your radar?
1: Right. So I think one thing we still don't do well as a um, in the U.S. local governments is how to navigate through, um, you know, free agency. uh labor um you know Dustin, you've talked about like how there's resources with uh, online and so forth to, to access these i haven't seen really frankly a local government that's learned how to to grab those and bring them into projects. we all complain about we can't find the right resource people and so forth but you know we got to figure out how to to plug ourselves in and and bring in an expert to maybe remote and, and help us out on a project and, and integrate that uh, project management, I don't think we really do fantastic either. We, we do build things infrastructure-wise, but other projects, you know, I'll go back to that change management and uh, technology rollouts and things like that. Um, you know, we've got a lot to learn on that. Um, you know, the private sector seems to do that better, uh, but maybe we need to, to learn from that. You know, overall, I just really believe too, we got to get past titles and boxes on an org chart. Um, I, I got indoctrinated into a high performance organization culture leadership really early on, uh, through the university of Virginia. And now it's at the South Carolina. Uh, but I really genuinely believe in leadership at all levels and teams, uh, genuine empowerment for people to, to people want to be engaged and be a part of something. And so we as leaders have to give them those opportunities and support that and not just give that lip service. So, um, I think those cultural organizational things we've got a lot to work on and those, that's going to continue to challenge us. If that makes sense. And then lastly, you know, challenges going forward, I think water and wastewater um, you know, those kinds of resources, natural resources um, and, and trying to understand that and also apply the right technologies to sensing and, and um, measurements of those. And, uh, Asset management. I think all of those are opportunities that we can really get behind and leverage towards our making our communities better.
2: You know, looking at all those challenges, it's clear that we're in an era of of more uncertainty. Still, tremendous opportunity. But but your peers are going to have to you know be prepared to deal maybe with more frequent change. How should they be prepared to do that? And what are the critical skills that they're going to need to do to do just that?
1: Well, I, yeah, I think you're right, Joe. It's a uh, it's not going away, right? We can, we can want and wish all we want for things to be the way they were supposedly. I don't believe that. Uh, You know, my, uh, my parents talked about how things used to be. My grandparents told me how things used to be. uh, And, and we've got to not fall into that trap, but I really believe just, uh, you know, reading and listening and engaging and sharing and putting yourself out there to stay atop what you learned um, isn't, before isn't what you need to know necessarily all now. So, um, you know, I try to, you know, I, I listen to GovTech whenever I can and, and uh, read that stuff and I learn from the private sector. And then I, I, I watch those international examples too, because, you know, they're seeing things in a different way. So all of that comes together and you can figure out if you're plugged into that network and that system of learning that, um, you know, what the, the next things going to be, whether it be demographics or you know, uh, uh, uh climates or, um, infrastructure there, there's resources out there. And you just got to be, a. um, you know, I went to a liberal arts college. I kind of like to know a little bit about everything. And so, um, but not an expert in anything. I can't design a bridge. I don't know how to code. Uh, but you know, I, I, I know the values. I try to build relationships with people to, uh, um, you know, make them feel apart and, and, and sign up for this enterprise of, of the city or the organization, wherever I'm at.
0: So what's next for, uh, for you, you know, you, you've got such a vast experience in this area and, and have navigated a lot of, uh, different challenges. What's, uh, what's next in your, uh, your world?
1: Well, you're kind, um, you know, first off, uh, by my wife and I, we plan to stay in uh, Houston Metro. We love the city. I think it's really under appreciated. Um, it, it's a great place. Uh, and we also like it, it was 75 degrees here yesterday. So I'm done with winters. We are as far as uh, a permanent thing, but, uh, you know, we, we've got lots of good friends. I've been, uh, visiting and traveling around a little bit back to Detroit and, uh, done some other stuff. And I'm going to the Philippines with, uh, ICMA and see some, some, actually some, um, uh, fellows that had come to Paralymp. We were able to host a couple different rounds and I'm going to get to go over and see them and their workspaces, uh, in a few weeks. So that's gonna be exciting. But, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's gonna be some food and drink and culture and rodeos and uh, beaches. But I know I'm gonna have to get back into the mix of things. And so uh, if maybe you'll give me till March to to figure that out, that that's kind of where I'm headed out.
2: Well, as you're as you're navigating all of that uh, fun stuff, how does our audience keep up with you?
1: So probably the easiest is uh, LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm a, a big advocate. I wish I would have invested when they came out. I knew that was going to take off, but uh, I love LinkedIn and I'm on there and, and share a lot there. Uh, I also got a, a Twitter handle of JayhawkMI. And so I share stuff. I come across uh, a decent amount. So, uh, you know, I like to share and I, my, my friend, colleague, staff team. I think they appreciate it, but I'm always sending them articles and highlighting and noting stuff and, you know, whether it can be, and, uh, you know, I just try to share that learning and uh, let people take it for what they, their environments, what they want to do with it. So uh, uh, happy to answer and engage and uh, learn from wherever I can.
2: Well, Clay, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your insights with the GovTech audience.
1: You guys are awesome. Thanks for all your work and supporting local governments.
2: Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.